0: Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Hello creatures of earth this is the xander's facts podcast i am the aforementioned xander episode four here we go recording this here tuesday february 23rd it's coming out wednesday february 24th the last week of february how about that i'll get to that in a second but remember if you have not already subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts download rate and review i love those five star ratings they make me so happy and remember on social media we're on twitter facebook instagram wherever with the xander's facts handle so this episode we got a whole bunch of stuff going on so with my special guest who's gonna be who you're gonna hear in a few minutes we talked a whole bunch of basketball professional basketball we haven't really talked professional basketball in here but first i mentioned it was the last week of february holy cow man what a february it has been so here in virginia it has been snowy for about a month the whole the whole month of february it has been totally snow but today it was 53 degrees it was nice and sunny and tomorrow it's gonna be 60 and sunny i mean i know you all in Florida are like, oh, please, give me, come on. But, I mean, here in Virginia, I mean, it's February. That's, those are pretty good temperatures. So, I mean, you know, the snow's fine, but when you get a month of it, I don't know how I could live in upstate New York. I don't know how you guys do it in Canada and all those places that just get snow <laughs> 10 months out of the year, it seems like. We got it for a month straight. But now I'm like in the warmer air, and it's feeling like spring, and I kind of like it after bunch of snow kind of getting that spring feeling especially because basketball's starting to ramp up college basketball i'm talking about march madness is in what is it three weeks and in two weeks the college tournaments start rolling i mean oh what a time but there's someone else i know who i think also likes the warmer weather <laughs> a senator you know what i'm talking about he goes by the name of rafael edward cruz that's his name. You may know him for the nickname for his middle name, Ted Cruz, a senator from Texas. So, last week and the week before, it was cold in Texas. Now, it doesn't usually get cold in Texas, and I'm not j- talking just cold. I'm talking really cold, like here in Virginia temperatures. <laughs> That's how cold it was. Not even, and they're not used to that. And they got some snow and some ice. But they got a lot of snow and a lot of ice. And there were some issues going on. All my Texas people know. Shout out. Ted Cruz is a senator from Texas, so he represents them. So they were going through this whole thing. A lot of people lost power. I'll get to this in a second. But Ted Cruz thought it was a good idea on Wednesday of last week to fly with his family on a vacation to Cancun. Oh, Mexico! Well, that's kind of weird because isn't that the country that Ted Cruz had said we should put a border wall between so that they can't get in? Oh, but it's fine when he goes, when he goes down there, but they can't come here. I guess so. This makes absolutely no sense. Well, (laughs) it turned out too well for Ted when all these pictures started surfacing. You go on the Twitter, you started seeing all these pictures of, was like, like, is that Ted Cruz on an airplane going to Mexico? And it was. It turned out it was, and a lot of people got angry. Texas, everywhere, Republicans and Democrats had both said that was pretty dumb. And so he figured out eventually yeah, it was a mistake. So he, the next morning he booked a flight back to Houston at six a.m. Now he wasn't scheduled to get back until Saturday or Sunday, the weekend, and he came back like this is going to be a vacation. And then when he gets back. He says it's his kids' fault. They wanted to go on vacation because they lost power, just like the millions and millions of other Texans who lost their power. And so he threw his kids under the bus, saying, oh, he had to be a good father to them. They had to go to Mexico. And this whole thing comes from what I was talking about, the big chunk of cold air that came down the Midwest, Great Plains, into Texas. And like I was saying, it doesn't really get that cold in Texas, but they were seeing temperatures in the single digits and the negatives. Like, I know they were breaking records in Dallas and Austin and all those places. They were breaking records for temperatures that were so cold, single digits, negatives. Like, that's—here in Virginia, we're a lot farther north. We haven't gotten those temperatures this year. I mean, holy cow. And then on top of that, big snowstorm came dropped snow and ice for days this lasted for days weeks and so because of this the texas power grid basically collapsed texas is kind of strange because there are three electric grids in the u.s there's four in the u.s and canada but in the u.s there's a grid for the eastern u.s and one for the western u.s and then texas has its own So it has its own power grid. And Quebec has its own too. That's the fourth in those two countries. But Texas has its own power grid. So it's not connected to power in Virginia or California. So like here in Virginia, our power is connected to energy sources in New York and Florida. And in California, it's connected to Idaho and Arizona. But in Texas, it's only connected to Texas. So the energy that gets produced in Texas goes to Texas. That's how their grid works so when it collapsed they couldn't rely on any backups for two reasons one because of the grids i told you and the other they had an almost non-existent reserve margin in natural gas so they mainly use natural gas for their power in texas because they've got a whole ton of it but with the grid thing you know why talk about xander why do they have their own grid well back in 1999 guess he was governor of texas back in
1: 1999
0: dub so in 99 texas state of texas took on the u.s.'s largest experiment in electrical deregulation so they wanted to get the government out of the electricity business and at the time it was a bipartisan move in fact a ton of states have done it i know maryland has done it california those are pretty liberal states it was supported across the aisle Back at the time, over 20 years ago. So this meant, and it still means, that in Texas, the rules are up to the energy companies and not the government. So because it's deregulated, and that's when you hear about Republicans talking about small government and slashing the budgets. Well, that's what they did with the electric grid. And they became their own grid then, because they were one of the first to do this. And so these different energy companies and they have a council i guess the electric reliability council of texas which is ercot which you've probably heard about because they've been under fire which oversees them but the energy companies really do their own thing and in a lot of states that's true but in texas they went all out and they you know made their own grid they went the farthest of any state because it's been run by republicans for over 20 years And so millions of people lost power because they didn't have those reserves and because the grid wasn't ready for this winter weather. But some people did, and now they're seeing their power bills over $5,000 a month. And now what's the government going to do? Because you deregulated that, so the power companies are going to do that. Now they've got over $5,000 a month. That's insane! Holy cow. So this big thing, and I saw an article, it was in the New York Times, that was kind of shocking. So the power plants were losing fuel. This was Monday morning the 15th, so last week. And so the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, the ERCOT, was following this. So they can follow how much power's being made, how it's going into the homes and businesses. But they said that they were minutes away from catastrophic blackouts. And they had those rolling blackouts that you uh, see in California when they're dealing with all the wildfires there. But these, were, these would be months-long blackouts. They were that close. And if you could see my fingers, they're really close together. They, they were that close to a catastrophe. Could you imagine not having power for months and then everywhere else around you didn't have power for months. And they had warnings before. In 2011, they had a huge snow and ice and cold storm. And it caused major blackouts. Well, they didn't do anything. And so the governor, who now is not George W. Bush, it's Greg Abbott, who was member of the same party, he went on Fox News. <laughs> I don't know if you all saw this, but he went on Sean's show at 9 o'clock. And he blamed the Green New Deal. He said green energy was the problem. Hmm. Well, he, I, I don't remember that the Green New Deal was passed in the Congress. and <laughs> Donald Trump cited. He was like, holding up the paper, the Green New Deal. I don't think that happened. I don't think that's law. So I don't know what he's talking about. He talked about how renewable energy sources are the ones with the problems. Well... Renewable energy sources only contribute about a fifth of the electricity generated in Texas. And if you don't believe me, that's from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. That's a government agency. And you could look that up. As he said, those wind turbines weren't spinning. Well, it seems to me that they work fine in Alaska and Antarctica. I think it's a lot colder in Antarctica than it, than it is and was in Texas. So going back to Ted Cruz. So while he was in Cancun... A congresswoman from New York and a former congressman from Texas began a fundraiser for relief in Texas. That congresswoman from New York was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and that former congressman from Texas was the man who ran against Ted Cruz two years ago in the Senate, Beto O'Rourke, who Ted Cruz made fun of for using a nickname, even though I told you that Ted Cruz is using a nickname. And they raised almost $5 million. I mean, how about that? And so this weekend, AOC flew to Houston and distributed some supplies. And Ted Cruz was in Cancun, and then he came back, and then he blamed his kids. And then we saw a picture of him in a, putting a package of plastic water bottles into the trunk of a car. But it looked like the parking lot around him was empty, so <laughs> I don't know where he was. And you could see he had the one photographer there in the shining light The reflection of the car hood. You could see how he planted the photographer there. Uh, So a lot of people are saying, well, Ted Cruz could do anything. What do you mean, Ted Cruz? He couldn't have done anything. Well, that's true. He couldn't have put the lights on himself. He couldn't have gone to every house and hooked up the... uh, But he could have acted like a leader. I think it tells you that you're probably not doing your job very well. If a congresswoman from New York... Is helping the people of Texas more than you are, and you're their senator. That's my opinion. Zader Sachs. That's my opinion. And that's your politics for the week. Rafael Edward Cruz. Remember that name? Golly, because he might be running for president in 2024. Well, he might be in jail. I don't know. But there's your politics for this week. Now we start transitioning to some basketball. (laughs) And I got my special guest we're talking professional basketball and now well, i don't think i was really into the nba beginning of this year i mean my miami Heat had just went to the finals so i was like whoa how about that but they started out slow and then my other team the wizards because local team they've started out slow so eh, they're starting to pick it up now. now the wizards have won a couple games in the row. the heat are getting everybody back but we're going to talk about that here on the Xander's Facts Podcast. I've got my special guest, the one and only Hill Billy. He is coming on to discuss the NBA, the All Star games coming up. Should it even be a thing, we discuss as the Xander's Facts Podcast rolls on.
1: Xander's Facts.
0: Are you ready, Hillbilly? I am ready. All right. Here we go. Welcome back to the Xander's Facts podcast. It is Xander here with my very special guest, Hillbilly. How are you doing, Hillbilly? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. That is amazing. We're going to talk about the NBA, National Basketball Association, here. Recording this on Sunday, February 21st. So that our stats don't seem that outdated. But first, I want to ask you, what are your funnest teams to watch right now?
1: My most fun teams to watch? (laughs) Funnest. (laughs) Well, I don't really have a a favorite team. I'm not saddled with that. Like, for instance, you are, where you're kind of stuck with the team, whether they're good or bad. Like the last few years, I've loved watching the Bucks because of Giannis. Right now, I think my favorite team is the uh, the Nuggets because of Jokic. Um, uh, there's there's something about a tall, out of shape, slow footed white guy that for some reason I can't help but root for. <laughs> and uh, other than that, like I like watching the the Hornets are a lot of fun to watch right now, just because they're 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 kind of young and doing a bunch of interesting new stuff. The Rockets actually became a lot more fun to watch once Harden left, because that got pretty boring pretty fast. Well, he wasn't trying. Well, no, but even the last few years, it was just like you give the ball to Harden, he pounds the ball into the into the court for twenty seconds, and then he just shoots. You know, there there wasn't that much interesting going on on offense, and not that Harden's not good, but it just wasn't fun to watch. Oh. So, yeah, the Suns are a lot of fun.
0: That's what. I thought at the beginning of the season, the Suns were going to be a sleeper because they got Chris Paul, Jay Crowder in the off season. They've got Devin Booker, but they haven't, I mean, they're fifth right now in the West. They weren't doing so hot to begin the season, but I think they're starting to ramp it up right now.
1: And I mean, I think they'll probably, I think they've got a better team than the trailblazers right now.
0: So trailblazers just lost to Washington. So well,
1: Washington's actually been they're on a four game winning streak right now.
0: Ooh. How about that? I know. It's uh, not the most
1: fun team to watch, maybe. But I think that the Suns are – I think the Nuggets are going to wind up getting their act together and are going to kind of challenge for that four spot. But I think the Suns are going to be right there. Chris Paul is just really good. And you put him with Devin Booker, and it's just – it's a lot.
0: Well, what that team needed definitely was veteran leadership because they're so young, and they got it.
1: They did, and this guys, I mean, Booker's been around for a few years now, you got guys like Mikhail Bridges, who's just fantastic, so they're they're a good team, a lot of fun to watch, Booker's fun.
0: And they're tied for fourth, they still got room to move. That top three, though, in the West, I mean, the Jazz, I've got a stat for you here on the Jazz. Get ready. They rank fourth in offensive rating and second in defensive rating right now, and no other team ranks in the top ten in both. How about that?
1: Yeah, but you know, that stat kind of reminds me of what a lot of people were bringing up last year and the year before that about the Bucks. It would be number one or number two in defense and offense. And you could almost see it coming last year with the uh, playoffs. If it wasn't the Heat, it was going to be somebody else. You know, the Jazz, like it, I think their defense works because Gobert is fantastic and I think they know that they can they can play tough perimeter defense, knowing that if their guy gets past them, Gobert can clean it up. But I also, when it comes down to crunch time, I think it's going to be interesting. Like I didn't get to watch the game the other night between the Clippers and the Jazz, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: while Gobert is fantastic, the Jazz don't really have a big super athletic wing that can handle somebody like LeBron or Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wonder if over a seven game series, if that's gonna work. But
0: because Donovan Mitchell's too small.
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely too small. I think their their best bet would be, I Royce O'Neill or or Bogdanovich, but I just don't know that they've got the. I don't know they're good enough to keep up with them.
0: The Jazz are on a twenty to two game win streak right now. They're first in the West at twenty four and five. They're two and a half games ahead of the Lakers right now, or three. So, I mean, but I don't think, even the Western Conference Finals, if it was the Jazz and the Lakers, I don't think the Jazz would could beat the Lakers in a seven-game series.
1: I guess it depends on what's going on with Anthony Davis. I mean, when I... Yeah. You know, as I start to, like, form the teams that I root for over the course of the season, there, there are a couple things that always remain true. Whatever team has the best chance of beating the Lakers, I, I root for, because I just... More than anything, I just hope that the Lakers fail because I'm I'm just tired of the Lakers. I'm tired of them always falling, you know what, backwards into talent without growing any of their own. They just get all the uh, all the free agents, and I also tend to root against LeBron. You know, wow. the, with the way I look at it right now, my hope is is that the Lakers they'll not get the number one seed and they'll stay in the two or three spots so that they have to face the Clippers in the second round. Mm-hmm. And then they have to face the Jazz in the, in the, uh, Western finals, which I, I think that if Anthony Davis is at a hundred percent, I don't, I don't think they get through that.
0: Do you have any faith in the Clippers in the postseason, though?
1: Yeah. I think they're better this year. I don't think Paul George was, uh, if you watched the Clippers last year, Paul George really did not look that great. And he is definitely better this year. And Kawhi is playing really well. I think that they've got the, they've got guys that can pick up like Lou Williams. Like if, if Kawhi is having an off night, someone like Lou Williams can come in and get you 20-something points very easily so they can make up for problems. And they've just got it, – it seems like the NBA is more and more going towards you. you have got to have wings – that can take over games and the Clippers have two extremely good wings with a whole bunch of other good players.
0: They just need to put it together. (laughs) They can't uh, lose in a three, one series that they're leading in.
1: No, but the Nuggets were doing that to everybody last year. Yeah. And I, I do think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets got their act together.
0: They, I mean, I, they're seventh right now, so they haven't been doing too great, but I would think they you know, move ahead of the Spurs.
1: I think, I think they still, I mean, they are only two games or three games behind getting the four seed. And I think they could, they could easily do it. Uh, Jokic is just incredible this year. He is so much fun to watch. And then they have, they have like eight or nine guys that, that can play really well. Denver's been deep for so long. I like, I love watching teams like Denver because they don't tank and then just get great draft picks. They just consistently draft really well. Like Jokic was a late second round pick, and he is an MVP candidate. You know, they've got tons yeah. of guys like that, that they just, everybody on the team can play. They've got Bull Bull, who, you know, <laughs> be my favorite if he could uh, get it together.
0: And they've got Porter Jr., who played, like, five games in college and he was injured and he was seen as a risk. Well that's that that's why I really I
1: like the Nuggets and I really root for things to work out for them because they do things so smart. Like they they pick a bunch of players that they know can just play and then they take a couple of really smart moon shots. Michael Porter Jr. was like the number one recruit coming out that year. He got injured. So he fell in the draft to where the Denver Nuggets could get him. And I think they just said that we if if we got him and he worked out, he could be the kind of guy that completely changes your team. And it's what he seems to be turning into is a guy yeah. scoring like 30 points a game in a year or two. And and I think someone like Bull Ball is actually there too. You've got this guy that is seven foot two that can actually move, play decent defense. Early in the year, they when they played the Nets, they put Bull on Kevin Durant defensively. And he did well against Durant because he's so long and he can move. He just doesn't play smart defense yet. But he can also hit the three, which is – he's an interesting guy, and I think they take a lot of really interesting gambles like that.
0: So talking about the Nuggets who haven't done that great this year, who would be your most disappointing team about almost halfway through the season? Depending on when you
1: had started your expectations. Like the Warriors, it just really sucked because I hope that the – it's funny because a couple of years ago, I'd had it with the Warriors and didn't want them to do anything. But now mm-hmm. it would be nice if they could have just beaten the Lakers to a pulp, which I think if they had Clay Thompson, I think they would be the best team in the last. Really? Yeah, I do. I, th- I think they've got they've got enough enough other stuff going on. They, Clay Thompson's a big deal and they really miss him. I'm hoping that they'll still pull a trade for Beal. But...
0: I know they've got James Wiseman in there now, rookie.
1: Right. And they've got a couple other guys like, you know, Ubre. I think could really turn out for them if he just needs to start hitting his shots better. And they've got a few guys like that. What's his name? Wiggins is actually having a good year uh, by his standards. If they were able to get someone like Beal, like if they could trade Wiggins or not Wiggins uh, wise, if they could trade him, they also have the Minnesota draft pick next year,
0: Mm.
1: which is obviously going to be very valuable. If, if they could turn those two things into Beal, and you had Beal and Draymond and Curry, you know, along with guys like Wiggins and Oubre and all them, I think they could definitely compete in the West.
0: Yeah. Well, they're eight. I mean, they're eighth right now, considering they lost Clay and what turned out to be last season. Even though they didn't have Curry for most of it, I would say that's pretty good considering where they are.
1: Yeah. No. I, well, I think Curry is just showing that he's yeah. a lot better than people think. Again, which I don't know why people would need to be reminded of that. But I think the Pelicans also. Zion. I thought they were going to take a step forward. Because I think Ingram is – Ingram and Zion, you just kind of get the – I guess you just kind of hope that they can be the cornerstones for a championship mm-hmm. team. Because Ingram is so good. He's he's so fun to watch. He's just so good at basketball. And Zion's such a force of nature. And, you know, I was just thinking that you put Zion with Stephen Adams and you might have the two strongest yeah. players in the NBA. And you figure they're going to get like every single rebound, but it's just kind of not working, which is no. a shame.
0: Well, who are the guards they have? I mean, do they they lost JJ Redick, didn't they?
1: No, but JJ Redick isn't getting many minutes. They're just not playing him a lot because he's been um, a big part
0: of their team the last few years.
1: Yeah, well, I I think JJ's probably going to get moved. Mm. I, I I would imagine. Yeah, they they trade Drew Holiday. And they get all those draft picks, which, you know, the Pelicans are still really exciting to look at long-term because they have so many draft picks coming their way. So they've got these two players that are just fantastic, you know, young players, and they have all these draft picks around them. But in the meantime, you know, they've got Eric Bledsoe, you know, who's just, I think he showed in Milwaukee, he's not really going to do much for you other than play good defense. So that's, it's kind of disappointing that this, I think it's pretty clear now. It's not going to be the Pelicans year, but
0: no, they're 12 and 17. They're what is it? 12th in the West, which isn't even in the seven through 10 playoff play in thing that they're going to have.
1: Well, and I just, I don't see them catching up to really any of the, any of those teams ahead of them, maybe the Kings. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really see them making up ground. Not this year.
0: One of the, I would, I was going to say for that question, the wizards, cause they've got all that talent, but the Mavericks are 13 and 15 and they're 10th. So what, I mean, what's going on there?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think I've only watched a couple of Mavericks games this year, but Porzingis seems a little slow. I mean,
0: he is just coming back from injury.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I guess I forget what was injured, but he does seem a little slow. And then, you know, Luca, Luca doesn't shoot the three ball much better than Giannis. I mean, he's just not all that great at hitting three-pointers. He'll hit some big ones, but not consistently. And until he gets better at that, I don't know. Luka's a lot of fun, though.
0: Yeah. I'm looking up what Porzingis had. So he underwent surgery for a torn meniscus.
1: Okay. But it was right on the back of another
0: yeah, big the, I think it was the torn ACL.
1: Right. So, you know, it, he may be the kind of guy that people think are dead and then, it's just he needed another year from his injury and he comes back. And it'd still be nice to see the Mavericks. I was kind of hoping that Giannis was going to say no to the Bucs and go to the Mavericks. And we were going to oh, have Giannis yeah. and Luca and they would just destroy the NBA. Because somebody is as, as good at basketball as Luca that has Giannis to work with. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic.
0: Do you think Luca could ultimately be the guy on a championship winning team?
1: Yeah. I, I think he's already that good, actually. It's the truth. I mean, you'd, ob- you'd obviously have to have some you know, better talent around him because you're seeing what's happening this year. Mm-hmm. But just someone like that that just almost has like this aura around him, like he just is so good at basketball. Yeah. It's just right now they just don't have the guys around them.
0: All right, so I did most disappointing. How about most surprising team?
1: Well... <sighs> I mean, I guess it's kind of easy, but the Jazz, Yeah. I just, I I figured they were going to be a playoff team, but right now they are just killing everybody. Uh, And, you know, Conley last year was, it looked like a bad trade, like just a bad fit. And now all of a sudden Conley is fantastic. Uh, It's, that's kind of surprising just how good they are. I think, I guess Quinn Snyder is just a better coach than people think. Because you know you, it, I've watched a couple jazz games, and they play amazing team defense. I mean, they're just so everyone picks up after everyone so well. Yeah, them. I thought the Trailblazers with their early injuries were gonna just tank.
0: They're holding up pretty and, well.
1: Yeah, they really have. They well, Lillard is is so much fun to watch, and he's so good.
0: They did just lose to Washington though, eh, but that's one game. I would say Philly. Philly's on the uh, on top in the East. They're twenty and ten. Like I, I got better in the off season, but they're ahead of Brooklyn and Milwaukee right now in the standings.
1: Yeah, well, and I guess Brooklyn's kind of the question. Like, what do what do we think they're mm-hmm. gonna do? I don't know. It's it's kind of like they're making this gamble. Like defense just doesn't matter at all anymore. And can you just count on outscoring your opponent every single mm-hmm. game? Just just with offense, you know, barely trying on offense or on defense. and
0: I don't know. So of course they're first in offensive rating, and I looked up their defensive rating. they're actually like they're not worst. I think they're fifth worst or something like that.
1: Well, and I think it depends on which which metric you look at too. Yeah. but it if you watch their games, they're bad. they're just they're so bad. their switching is so awful. and then they carp at one another. Like, I, I think there's something going on between Kyrie and Harden because they just like if Harden blows an assignment or if it looks like it, you can see Kyrie giving him garbage about it. And mm-hmm. I just I kind of wonder if that's really going to work.
0: I don't understand why Harden was basically saying only trade me to Brooklyn.
1: Because I think if he had gone to the Sixers for Simmons, mm. I, I think it would have made the Sixers the, the prohibitive favorite to win yeah. the East. I mean, I still think that the Sixers are the most likely because I I could just see that. I think the Nets very well might implode. And in a seven-game series without any defense, I think that would be tough. The Sixers are so much better at shooting now, or at least it seems that way. And Embiid is just monstrous. So much fun to watch. I don't know. when When you have Embiid and Simmons both out on the same court together, neither one of them really a perimeter threat. In, in the modern NBA, it just seems like teams can scheme a way to defend that that's going to shut it down. But we'll see. Yeah.
0: So, what about? All right. So, what about my Miami Heat? They were one of the dis- most disappointing teams to start out the season. They're 12 and 17 right now. They just got a big win in against the Lakers. They were hit with the COVID bug. Like Jimmy Butler was out for yeah, 10 they, games.
1: Yeah. I, I, I. Remember watching a game recently where it looked like Bam was playing all by himself.
0: Yeah. I think I think Hero's out right now. I think he's the only guy that's out right now. But they're starting to get everybody back together, and they're tenth, so they're moving up. And I mean, mm-hmm. but for between fourth and twelfth in the East, they're all right there.
1: I mean, the Heat. I mean, do you really think the Bulls are going to stay ahead of the Heat? No, no, not. I mean, that, I would. I'd say there's about a 10% chance the Bulls finish ahead of the Heat and the standings. It's
0: probably they're not too happen. young.
1: Yeah, and they're just they're they don't have the talent that they mm-hmm. have. I think they're gonna get better. Guys like Tyler Hero, like you know he's gonna get better when the playoffs start.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I the Hornets are too young. You know, the Raptors are also kind of disappointing as I'm as I'm just kind of looking up the standings here. But then you yes, also remember like the Raptors have been playing in, I think it's yeah. Tampa year like they had they're the only team that had been had to go through this where they aren't allowed yeah. to go home ever.
0: <laughs> it's like they're playing as far away as they could
1: and yeah it's like they picked the one spot in the united states i mean i guess maybe key west yeah you know but about as far away as you possibly could get and they're they're playing much better ball right now too i think they've won three in a row mm-hmm. and they're doing well Well,
0: i'm looking at the standings toronto is sixth and the knicks are seventh so I mean, do you really think the Knicks yeah. could finish ahead of Miami? Get that out of here. No, I,
1: I think that um, you're going to see what plays out. A lot of times with uh, Thibodeau teams, but ahead of schedule, I think the team's going to wear out. They're going to get tired. He runs his players like 40 minutes mm-hmm. a game, and they're they're young. And I just I don't think that they're ready. I think you're going to see them just going in a completely opposite direction than teams like the Heat. And I I think the Hawks will also get their act together eventually. Yeah. As opposed, I I don't think, I I just don't think it's going to be the Hornets and the Knicks at the bottom of the East when it comes to the playoffs. I think you're much more likely to see the Heat and the Hawks.
0: I mean, the Knicks, uh, their two best players are Randall and Barrett, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. And Randall's, Randall's really good. It's a shame, too, because I wouldn't mind rooting for the Knicks, but their owner is their owner is probably the biggest piece of garbage in all of professional sports. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Dan
0: Snyder, what are you talking about? Whoa.
1: Yeah, and, and Snyder, I think he's
0: worse than wow. Snyder. Wow. What the
1: heck Maybe. does this mean? It's close. I mean, once Sterling, once Donald Sterling got run, run out mm-hmm. of the league, it was like now an open competition for the worst owner. Sterling used to have it by mm-hmm. leaps and bounds. <laughs> and then now it's a competition, but Dolan is just awful. But... I don't know. Uh, I I just don't see the Knicks. I, I would love to see the Hornets in there. They're a lot of fun. I didn't think I would like Lamelo as much as He's I do. Really well, but that guy is he is so good. They've got Miles Bridges on there, which is one of my very favorite players to watch right now. He he plays basketball the way that I imagine I would if I had that kind of talent. Like the the, the fun that he has every time he dunks the ball, you can tell that he is having the time of his life. And like he's trying to rip the rip the rim down mm-hmm. every single time. That's just that's fun to watch.
0: So how about four and five in the East, Boston and Indiana? I mean, what do you think of Boston? Because I don't think their group of guys is getting along really well.
1: I think it's I think it's early. I mean, they've had I mean Jalen and um Tatum have been Jalen Brown and Tatum have been around for a while yeah. now together. I mean, I think they're gonna get it together. Kemba wasn't really himself, you know, at the beginning of the year. They need all three of those guys to be running, but you know they've got some. I mean they've got some issues at center, obviously. I don't know. Um, I mean I don't know that you can really run Tristan Thompson out there at center constantly, but they're they're fun. You know they they get some big games out of some guys like Peyton Pritchard's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you've watched that guy, but he does oh, really yeah. well. Ojala game the other day, and I, I like teams like the Celtics because again they're not a bunch of free agents. Mm-hmm. Like they they uh, what's his name their their GM. Uh,
0: Danny Ainge. Yes,
1: thank you. Ainge just kind of put that team together smart. And Brown and Tatum are guys that you can build a team around.
0: So how about Indiana? I got a stat for you on Demonis Sabonis, who's playing really well. So back on Thursday, he had his seventh triple double. So that's the most by a pacer ever since they've joined the league.
1: Yeah. And Turner is a beast uh, in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he's leading the league in blocks. Yeah, he is. By by almost a whole block a game, he's he's leading over Gobert. And Malcolm Brogdon, which that's when I kind of started to fade on the Bucks a little bit, when they let Brogdon go. And I was like, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> I mean, you've got this guy that is just a dead eye shot and plays good defense. The exact kind of person you want around Giannis. And they just let him go. And now he's playing great for the Pacers. So...
0: The Wahoo, yeah. All right, so I know we're not even halfway through the season, but if you could choose your matchup for the NBA Finals right now, who do you think it's going to be?
1: still think it'll probably be the Lakers because I think that they're going to be super careful with Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. and I think they don't really care about the regular season that much. And if yeah. he's fully healthy and uh, LeBron James is fully healthy, if they just – because you know, they also they get they get their pick of the free agents besides just them, mm-hmm. you know they get guys like Mark Gasol come over there who's still just an incredibly good defensive player, just super important to have guys like that that they just keep getting. When the buyout market hits, they'll get the choice their choice of the buyouts. Yeah, it's just really tough to go up against that. And I, I like I said, I think they're going to be super careful, unless Anthony Davis just can't get better this year. But assuming his health, I, I don't see anybody beating him, unfortunately. And then in the East, I don't – I hate to say it, but I don't think the Bucks are going to get their act together. Ooh. And they are not getting better. They seem to be getting worse.
0: They need to get rid of Budenholzer, I think. I don't think he's a very good coach.
1: Yeah, I think he's kind of worn out as yeah. welcome. I don't know. I wonder if Antetokounmpo regrets signing now. Yeah. I was hoping he wouldn't, but oh well. I think the Sixers have the most well-rounded. I mean, they've got really good shooters on that team to go along with Embiid. And I think that when you have that inside-outside game, I think it can get you through a lot of different playoff matchups. I think
0: overall they're definitely the best team in the East right now. Like the Nets, they're, they're great at offense, but they're terrible at defense. And I think overall the Sixers are playing the best right now.
1: Yeah, and if you're asking me what's most likely, I just I I think that even if even if the Nets gelled, I think they'd have a really good chance of, at the six, with the Sixers and I think like if we were in the playoffs and the Nets had completely gelled and they were just playing wonderfully together, then I guess I would give them the the nod over the mm-hmm. Sixers. But I think there's such a good chance of that not happening. And if I was putting money on it, I would say. I, I
0: if I was putting money on are the Nets gonna gel, I wouldn't say so. I mean, those Durant, Harden, and Irving are probably three of the biggest egos in the league, all on one team. Uh, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I mean it seems that way. I mean, Durant's interesting because I I used to love watching him play because he was having so much fun, it seemed like like back in his Texas days. And oh yeah, early on with the uh, with the funder. Durant was just so much fun to watch, but now he's just—he seems so unhappy. And he seems better this year. Like when he was playing with Golden State, it's like, what? What's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, how can you be so unhappy? You are so good. You're playing on a great team. You're making millions and millions of dollars. What's so bad? But they seem to have, you know, him and Kyrie. Ugh, I wouldn't want Kyrie on my team. That's—I mean, Kyrie is the main reason why I don't think that the Nets are going to be able to do it. I think he's—he's. He's, a train
0: wreck mm-hmm. i mean he went he was so, you know a wall for what was it two weeks at the beginning of the season they didn't even know where he was
1: i mean every boston fan that i know is very happy he left they 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 couldn't wait a guy that good they wanted all i the think
0: game. they've gotten better they were not far from the finals last year boston wasn't
1: yeah and i mean they've got a really good coach they've got yeah. good players you could definitely see them making making the move like we were like I was saying earlier, I mean, I think it's really a wing heavy league and they've got great mm-hmm. wings.
0: All right. So let's wrap this up here. So two weeks from when we're recording, this is the all-star game in Atlanta. So first off, do you think there should be an all-star game first off? Cause that's a big hot topic.
1: Uh, probably not. I think it just, I've, I've never really cared that much about the all-star game. I mean, it's definitely better than the Pro Bowl, yeah. which is the worst sporting event. <laughs> Ever. (laughs) That's a big fact. I it's just kind of hard to justify it. I mean, you watch like what they're doing. There's so many back-to-back games this year Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that they're really running them, running the players down. And I'm not, you know, I know the players complain about like how they can't get out and do the fun stuff they used to do, which I don't care about that. Like that's what everybody has to do, just get over it. But they are playing a lot of games back to back. I think they could really use a week to a week and a half to just relax. And they're not apparently going to get that. I think it's going to be an awful game. I don't think they're going to try at no. all. I think it's going to look like the dunk contest out there. No defense. <laughs> so they probably shouldn't. Do I mean,
0: it. last year's All Star game was the best they've had in a long time because they had, they did it switch up where the team that's leading at every quarter gets money for charity mm-hmm. and then at the game at the end of the game they do the first to 24 and right. I think they're gonna do that same thing this year but are they really gonna care I don't
1: even think I don't think they should I think that they should not do that rule this year because we know that the game is going to be <laughs> so bad and just just tank it and just say you know what this game's gonna suck whatever we're gonna do it because we have a TV contract to fulfill that's why they did it and yeah. then do the rule again next year when it's fun again
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean I know what James Harden's going to do when he's in Atlanta as far as going out and having fun goes. (laughs) I know what kind of establishments he's going to be, you know, frequenting. And I don't think that the playing well in the all-star game is going to be high on his list. And then is he going to spread COVID because he goes out and does stupid stuff. Yeah,
0: they're going to have the skills challenge and the three-point contest like happen right before the game. And then the dunk contest is going to happen at halftime.
1: Oh, I didn't even know that. (laughs) So they're
0: going to fit everything in.
1: Yeah, they should just... The dunk contest is so boring now, too. It's just no fun.
0: The three-point contest
1: is great. Yeah. but
0: All right, but because it is happening, all right. so we've got to take a look at the starters. So I believe the reserves are going to be announced Tuesday. So before now, but after the podcast drops. So we're just going to take a look at the starters right now, see if you think these are the best. So they're going to have, I believe it's... Durant and LeBron are the captains, so they're going to have a draft to pick the teams because it's not East-West anymore. But they do the players by conference. So in the West, they've got Curry, Luka, LeBron, Jokic, and Leonard as their starters. And that's a mix of fan vote, player vote, and media vote. So what do you think of that?
1: I mean, I think they're all no-brainers except for Luka. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, and I love watching Luca play and I I am definitely rooting for him to become the best player in the NBA, but I think Lillard's been better this year. I mean, you look at what the trailblazers are and I don't think Lillard has that much more to work with. I mean, he's got the retread of Carmelo Anthony. I just don't, if I was a general manager of an NBA team and I had a choice between having Luca on my team for the rest of the year and Lillard, it would be clear to me I'd rather have Lillard.
0: It looks like so. I'm looking at so they broke it down by fan, player, and media vote. So it looks like the deciding factor between Luca and Lillard was the fan vote. The fans voted Luca ahead of Lillard, but the players in the media voted Lillard ahead of Luca. So we can blame we can blame the fans for that.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's part of what the All Star Game is. Yeah, uh, but I
0: mean, Lillard's. I mean, he's still going to be in there. It
1: sucks though because it, it it has contractual implications. For Like, Lillard will make less money because of yeah. that, I imagine.
0: I would assume, probably. And then in the East, let's see, Beal and Irving are the guards. And, I mean, Beal, he's been incredible. And then Giannis, Durant, and Embiid. That seems pretty good to me.
1: Yeah, it's... I mean, Irving would be the one that I would most want to replace on there. And I just... I'm not sure who I, who I would rather have on there. I don't know. I mean... Like, I, if I was, again, if I was a, a GM in the NBA and I had a choice between, like, Kyrie Irving and even, like, someone like Fred Van Vliet or something, I think I'd rather have Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry.
0: What about Zach Levine? I'd rather have
1: Zach Levine. At least I don't think he's going to blow my team up.
0: I got a good stat here on Levine. Listen up. So, as of now, he's currently averaging over 28 points a game over 50% shooting and over three pointers made in the game. And the only other player in NBA history to do that was Curry back in the 2015, 16 season. So, I mean, that that's pretty good. He's not playing for a winning team, he, Well, and, but he's playing well.
1: I don't know if he's ever played for a winning team.
0: No, cause he was on Minnesota and then he went to Chicago.
1: Right. And I guess he was on Minnesota. Well, I don't know if he was there with Butler.
0: I don't know. But... Oh, he might've been, but they weren't, a really, a winning team with Butler, though.
1: I think because uh, Thibodeau was a coach the one year. I think they had a decent year, and then everyone got fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. Mean, but I'd rather have. He can score. He just can't play defense. But Kyrie doesn't really play yeah. a ton of defense either. And again, at least he's not going to, you know, blow my team up. Like if I was Nets mm-hmm. and I could trade Levine. For Kyrie and I'm probably in the minority on this I would do it in a second just because at least he's not going to destroy my I mean, mm. like if I was the Nets my biggest worry is are all three of these guys going to show up at the end of the year
0: I think that team overall is just a huge risk that they made we'll see if it works in them
1: yeah because they don't have anything left I mean if that doesn't work it's going to be so
0: Levine was, was fourth in the vote for the backcourt in the Eastern Conference and Harden was third Behind Irving. So, uh-huh. I mean, if you were going to replace Irving, it'd be Harden, probably.
1: Yeah, and I guess, you know, I would say with Harden, you had all those games with Houston where he was just yeah. like, kind of hanging out on the court, not really doing much. But then with Irving, you had all those
0: games where mm-hmm. who knows where he was, uh,
1: which just kind of stinks that like one yeah. of them has to get it.
0: If Trey Young was having a better year, he'd probably be up there. He was sixth. But he has the potential, I think, to be a starter. Yeah,
1: or or Jalen Brown, I could I could see Jalen Brown, and I would I would much rather yeah. have him on my team.
0: All right, so that but, I believe that All Star game is Sunday the seventh. All right, but that's all I've got for you, Hillbilly. Thank you so much for being on. We're gonna have to have you back on near yeah. the end of the season or playoffs, because then we got to break all that down and see if your predictions have come true. Oh, mm-hmm. of the
1: Lakers. Yeah,
0: you know, I really went out on a limb there, oh, yeah, too. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. Xander's Facts! My thanks again to the one and only Hillbilly for being on episode four of the Xander's Facts podcast. So before we go, I've got another little tidbit in here. So when we recorded that interview, we didn't have the reserves for the All-Star game. Now we do. I want to give this to you. So in the East... We were talking about a bunch of these guys, too, in the podcast. James Harden, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons are the guards. Jason Tatum, Julius Randle, and Nikola Vucevic are the forwards. That's for the East. And for the West, the guards are Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and the forwards, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Zion Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davis. If he can play, I don't think he's going to be able to play. Even if he wanted to, so he might have to get subbed out. But there you go; those are your all-star reserves, and that is a wrap on episode four of the Xander Facts podcast. We thank you once again for spending your time listening to this podcast. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review, or on the social: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I will know if you do not follow us on there, and I will come get you. I will hunt you down. And next week. We're going to talk COVID relief. That's a big topic now. The House is expected to pass the COVID relief bill this week. But now we got this thing. Joe Manchin from West Virginia is talking about, I don't know about the $15 minimum wage increase. Isn't even possible with the Senate rules. We're going to talk about all that next week. So hold your horses. We'll be back next week. This has been the Zaders Facts Podcast. Episode four is in the books. We will see you next week. Ha ha loser